We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Kyle Schwarber is one for nine career against Rich Hill with three strikeouts. But we have found out lately it doesn't matter if it's righty or lefty the way he's going. Oh, my! I can't believe it! See you later. Come on. There are no more get me over fastballs to start baseball games when Kyle Schwarber's in the leadoff spot. Who's <laughs> going to get me over the fence? Kyle Schwarber still has most ro- more home runs than any Cub. And uh, there you go. That was credit to MASN on that highlight. Welcome in, welcome back. This is hour five of the Suckathon. Today, Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody, and it is uh, holiday suckage for you. We go to the Scores Hotline. That hotline is presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. We welcome into the show just a young man with a wonderful, wonderful Twitter follow because it lives up to the name MLB Random Stats. And what could be more random than a recent tweet of more most home runs against a first name in a season and the leader is ted williams hit 12 home runs in 1941 off anybody named johnny i just love that <laughs> jeremy frank thanks for coming on this welcome welcome to the score jeremy hey thanks for having me on so to from you started this when you were 15 right this website yeah, yeah i was actually twitter with uh october 2015 Okay, and calling it, you you called it MLB Random Stats because? Well, that's kind of just what I wanted to post. I didn't want to be uh, too tied down to posting anything that would be uh, too relevant to anything going on. Well, I do post some, some kind of things that may be relevant. I also like to just kind of find some random facts, and if anyone finds them interesting, um, hope that they enjoy them. Let me, we're... Um... The, the random stats give you, as you tweeted recently, plausible deniability. When people want to complain about stuff, that you can just say, hey, that's, I t- I'm not lying to you. That's what it was. And there's a wonderful example. You recently tweeted Shohei Otani is the first player in MLB history with 30 home runs and 12 stolen bases through 76 games. And a follower commented, four LOLs, making up stats now. Got it. He's also the first to give up seven runs in a in a start, then hit a home run number 30 and stolen 12 bases. Let's add some more ridiculousness to it, to which Jeremy Frank responded, retweeted, buddy, do I have news for you? 
and there's a whole book called The Hidden Ball Trick. The Hidden Ball Trick is what for our audience, Jeremy? Yeah, so uh, me and my friend uh, Jim Passon, he's also a great follow on Twitter, at Passon Jim. Um, we decided that since we've had so many uh, random stats that we found throughout not just uh, recent baseball years, like the one you, you said about Otani, but also just throughout baseball history, we decided it would be really cool to try and organize them into, into one spot. So uh, Hidden Ball Trick Volume 1 looks at the best random stats from um, the years 1876 until 1919, which was like the dead ball era of baseball's history. And then the second volume goes from 1920 until 1969, which is kind of like um, they changed the mound after uh, Gibson's great 68 season. And then volume three is still in the works right now. But if you're interested in uh, learning about the history of baseball through kind of a statistical perspective, I definitely would um, recommend checking them out. I uh, I noticed that um, in catching up on stuff, Jeremy, as as you wrote the uh, questioning the role this Chapman making the the All Star game. Have you any random facts of a role this Chapman? And do any of the the stick does the sticky stuff change random facts for you? Oh yeah, it's definitely been interesting. I haven't been able to look too far into um, Chapman's All Star nod because, to be honest, I didn't even see he made the team until today. I've kind of been um, off the off the Wi-Fi for the last couple of days uh, for the weekend. But um, yeah, it's apparently they voted on it um, a few weeks ago before he kind of collapsed, which is really interesting because that's kind of when they changed the rules for pitchers. But I, I've seen that his uh, spin rate's been down a little bit. His velocity still the the elite velocity that Chapman's been known for. But I can't imagine that there have been many pitchers with higher than his 471 ERA to make the all-star game um, after that kind of first half. And I know most of it. I mean, he was really good for first two and a half months of the season. But I think he has, I think since they started enforcing the, um, the, the sticky substances ban, I think he has like the worst, the most runs allowed for a relief pitcher, like the highest ERA of any pitcher. So it, he, it's, it's written like a tell of two um, different segments of the season for Chapman. And he kind of just got lucky that, Number one, his name is Aroldis Chapman, and he's known for being a very good relief pitcher, and also that they voted on it right when he was like at the peak of his season. Our guest is Jeremy Frank. He runs the Twitter site MLB Random Stats. He wrote the book Hidden Ball Trick, co-wrote the book Hidden Ball Trick, and it's just a wonderful collection of baseball baseball facts. Jeremy, if you don't mind, if, if it's not impolite to ask a young man his age, how old are you? Um, I'm 20. I turned 20 in uh, February. I guess I'll turn well, 21 ridiculous. next February. <laughs> <laughs> and you were attending Purdue? Yep, I'll be a junior in college at uh, Purdue next year. Okay. Um, you've also appeared on with Jason Benetti, our very own Jason Benetti, doing a baseball game, sort of the stat cast version of it, right? Didn't you do that last year when they were casting about for anything that looked like a sport? Yeah, it was for it was for the Korean baseball when um, there was no um, MLB going on. Um, he and uh, Jessica Mendoza were calling one of the games, and he um, they do this uh, book club segment where they just talk about um, books because they need to fill in time because they obviously know much less about Korean baseball than they do about MLB, so they need stuff to talk about. So obviously they need enough material that they were willing to invite me on the show and, and talk about my book, Couple Happenings. But it was a great experience. I, I got to wake up at like, 3.30 a.m. and tune into um, a Korean baseball game. But it was a lot of fun. That's funny. So, Jeremy, now I'm curious. 
you're you're at Purdue. You're a junior. That what are you majoring in at uh, Purdue? And what is it that you'd like to do with your life, Jeremy Frank? Or are you doing it right now with your seventy-four thousand <laughs> followers? <laughs> yeah, so I'm studying uh, data science at Purdue, which is uh, pretty fitting for um, what I'm interested in. Which is like you know, as my Twitter handle, as my Twitter shows, just very random uh, statistics, which is kind of just um, what data science is. It's a really nice growing field in um, our world today, but. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure what I want to do. I really enjoy running my Twitter account. And obviously, um, right now I'm interning at uh, sports reference. They host like baseball reference, basketball reference, all of those sites with all these, uh, statistics yeah. on players, which I'm sure you guys have visited before, um, which has definitely been a really great experience, um, this summer, but I definitely want to, uh, work in sports. That'd be really cool. I'm working with sports data when I'm older. Um, I really enjoy running my uh, Twitter handle kind of as like a side thing. I don't really make any money besides, um, from my book but it's really fun to to just have like when i'm when i have free time to just uh tweet about these random statistics which so many people care about apparently yes they do mlb random stats is the is the twitter site jeremy frank is our guest so as somebody who is yet to be able to buy a legal drink um we hear about baseball's youth problem and everybody old and baseball's audience is going to die and how did you come to this? You you would be a significant baseball fan to not just get into the players, but the names, but the different ways to parse it, to break it down, to look at it. You would seem to be um, an outlier according to some conventional wisdom. How did you come to this and to be embrace it, to embrace it this way, Jeremy? Yeah, I don't know if I'd, I'd say baseball is uh, dying. I know a lot of people will be quick to, to say that. But, like, when I was growing up, all my friends played Little League Baseball. Like, it, I mean, obviously, I didn't know what it was 20 years ago. But it seems like most of my friends um, were interested in baseball and still are. Maybe that's just the group of friends that I chose to associate myself with. But um, a lot of people growing up uh, played baseball. And um, my mom's a big Cubs fan. My dad's a big White Sox fan. So they raised me to be a big baseball fan. Um but and I, my favorite subject growing up in school was math. So um, the angle that I kind of approach it, like my two favorite things, baseball and like statistics, kind of work really well with baseball, um, with baseball specifically compared to other sports. And then like growing up collecting baseball cards, you have all these numbers on the back. So it was really just a, a nice like gateway into not only just playing the sport as a kid, like growing up, but also being a fan of it. Yeah, it, it's. I um now did you do you now I'm looking at some of your tweets here that you must help Jason Benetti with with White Sox math because most home runs uh, times stolen bases <laughs> times games started AL yeah, plus yeah. NL since 1900 go <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's such a that's like a, I don't know if you know Chris Camp I'm sure you know him but I know he he does a lot of stuff very similar to me I know I'm pretty sure he's the guy behind Sox math but I've never won ah. it we, we try we try my my roommates at school are big White Sox fans so. We always try and win it, but our TV was like a split second behind, so we would never be able. That's our excuse. We're never able to to pull it off. But I really want to get one of my videos on there and just razz Jason. He's a great guy there. So when you were on television, you were on with Jason and Jessica Mendoza doing a a game, and they were talking about your book, Hidden Ball Trick. Um, did you miss class that day? Did you did you have class that day? Do you give an excuse like? I'm sorry, I was on TV. I couldn't make this assignment. Well, luckily for me, I'm pretty sure first it was like a Sunday morning. But also, I was at home because, um, unfortunately, COVID had, had cut my semester short. So um, I'm pretty sure like I, it was during the weekend. My sleep schedule was screwed up for a little bit. 
because I wasn't sure if I was supposed to like stay up until like like four thirty. Just a really time, like hard time for me, like a a teenager at the time to just be awake for. So I wasn't sure if I was supposed to stay up or just like wake up. But um, yeah, my sleep schedule was a little screwed up, but I didn't have to give an excuse uh, with school or anything. Luckily. Hey, J- Jeremy, what do you make of uh, of Shohei Otani and how? Um helpful has he been to what you do considering random stats i bet he is just a a fountain of of material for you oh yeah he's been he's so fun to watch like forgetting baseball stats like he's the the most exciting player i've seen in my lifetime um he's just so good at not only just i mean he's got the power to like with like anyone else in in baseball and he can pitch really well and also he's one of the fastest players in the league it's just crazy that he has a skill set that no one else in pretty much the league's history has ever had. So um, it's been really cool um, watching him play. And I really think, going back to what you were saying about um, the youth sports um, problem, I think Shohei could be a really good um, way to kind of get young fans interested because um, up until up until him, there it's been really kind of the, the understanding that no one's going to be a two-way player in baseball. But I think um, with little leaguers watching Shohei play, I think they'll kind of see it as something that they could – end up doing and I think maybe in 15 20 years we could see kind of a resurgence in this kind of thing in the sport hopefully well he is he actually is a little leaguer because he's made the all-star team as both a pitcher and a position player that's that's a very little league thing to be able and to his do dad's that. not even the coach of the team <laughs> Nicely and, played. And, he's, and he's outshining Mike Trout how yeah. does that happen yeah, well, Trout's injury obviously helps, but I think when Trout comes back, I think people are still watching Angels games to watch Shohei Otani. It's like yes. their lineup is really good, and he is like the best like hitter in that lineup. I think, I mean, he's hitting better than Trout his career averages, which is crazy. Like everyone thought Otani would be good, but like hitting better, like he's he's been a like a replacement for Trout, but he's been better than Trout was, um, like his career averages at least. Jeremy Frank of MLB Random Stats. Before we let you go, I want to ask, in your book, Hidden Ball Trick, what is the favorite stat you uncovered? What is your favorite What is your favorite line stat, however you want to break it down, in that book? Oh, man, uh, that's really tough because I don't have my book on me right now. But um, one thing that I really um, – one of my favorite statistics that I think – it wasn't super random, but um, just because it was a super, like, older stat, it kind of was – up the page um rogers hornsby he was i mean a hall of fame player and like an all-time great but i feel like he's kind of um he's kind of underrated when people talk about um kind of the legends of the sports but i think he's one of the the best players of all time like the best second baseman of all time but in 1924 um the cardinals uh, the team he was on they had um double headers in consecutive days so they played four games in two days and hornsby went 13 for 14 with four doubles and two homers and a walk. So he had 929, and the Cardinals only went 2-2 two and two in that span, which I think is one of my favorite stats because even back then you could hit pretty much perfectly for, for these uh, four games that you played in. Um, still, it's a team sport, and I think that's my favorite thing about baseball. Wow. Wow. That's it. We had 929, we only split. Oh, my goodness. Sounds like a <laughs> Cub today. If only they could yeah. find somebody to hit 929. Jeremy, thanks exactly. for joining us. We appreciate it. Um, good luck. Good luck in reaching your 21st year. Good luck graduating. And you just embarrass us all. Thank you very yep. much. Hey, thanks for having me on. Have a good one. All right. Jeremy. Jeremy Frank on uh, Twitter at MLB Random Stats. His book, Hidden Ball Trick, it's just great. If you're into baseball and alia, it's, it's wonderful.
and and he's just one of the things he did we didn't talk about he had recently <clears throat> listed the heaviest pinch runners since 1901 because oh, awesome. a couple mondays ago miguel sano pinch ran <laughs> 273 pounds he came in as a pinch runner in the eighth he doubled home a run in the 10th and then blasted a walk-off two-run homer in the 12th the other heaviest the heaviest runner was heaviest pinch runner ever was calvin pickering 283 pounds six Jesus. foot five played for baltimore he had one stolen base he did that in 99 Aaron Judge, he was a pinch runner, 282 mm. pounds. And making the list, July 9th, we're almost at the anniversary, uh, as a pinch runner, six foot four, Carlos Zambrano. How about that? 275 Big pounds. Big Z. He had one stolen base in 12 seasons and one grand slam on Michael Barrett's face. Okay, we're done with that. <laughs> Actually, Zambrano could run. I mean, he was one of the—he was like the big guy athlete. You know what I mean? Like he could probably yeah. dunk a basketball. Uh, but he don't, was quick, fast, and an athlete, and the best of those three pitchers: Kerry Wood, Mark Pryor, and Carlos Zambrano. I'll take it. Don't don't get in his way. Mm-mm. Don't get. We have. Oh my God. Okay. Eight four seven texture. It heard the classic film line. Yes, I'll have what she's having. It's on the list. On yep. our AFI list. Top 20, isn't it? Uh, it is... Number 33. It's Scotty Pippen. Number 33. Without the charge of racism. Yeah, yeah, without that. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, it's time for What Are You Doing, Wegner? That even on a holiday suckage, we'll do Wegner. We have some rock music for you and we have it may be the last time to do this the uh maybe the world's biggest montreal canadians fan we'll make that connection and uh we'll set we have i saw something in the college world series that i thought was i don't think it'll ever catch on but it was great to see it once so we'll share that in what are you doing wagner holiday suckage for you steve rosenblum mark Rody. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for ignoring us. We're we're proud to be here. We're, we'll suck so you don't have to. So you can have the holiday weekend you deserve. It's just us being American heroes. Don't pay any attention over here. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What are you doing, Wagner? That's what we're doing. Hour five of the five hours suckathon. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde with you. Holiday suckage on this Monday, July 5th. Welcome in, welcome back. Uh, I wanted to, this, in, we, in doing Wagner, it's just a variety of things that we just sort of collect and I wanted to share. And Remember earlier we were talking about trying to place Chris Bryant's full house, the three homers, and two doubles in Cincinnati? Remember that game, Mark? Yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about. I was there. Yes, you were. Here, you were there for this memory too, because um, my friend Chris Bogosian uh, of the Chicago Tribune had texted at me when we were having this discussion that he was at those games. He took his then eight-year-old son to that game, and the next day he took him to the Montgomery Inn Boathouse for lunch, per Gonzo's. Suggestion, our Tribune friend, Mark Gonzalez, former Tribune friend. And who was there, other than Gonzo and Mark Grody? So Bogues and his eight-year-old son, then eight-year-old son, stopped by, said hello, Mm -hmm. and you guys were nice. And then after they were done eating, they walked downstairs to leave, and there was Pete Rose just sitting down for lunch. Oh yeah, so, I think you. I think you did tell me this. Yes. Bogue says we went over and talked to him, got a picture of him with my son. Pete told my son the Cubs would never win, would never win at all. Unfortunately, we didn't bet on it. Bogue says, but wait, there's more. Ten minutes later, they're driving toward the team hotel, and my son says, "Dad, there's Jake Arrieta," and sure enough, Jake was getting out of a cab outside of a Starbucks. So I pull over and park illegally, and my son walks into Starbucks and gets his autograph. That was when Jake was good Jake, coming off his Cy Young Award in 2015. (laughs) Then we parked by the team hotel, and my son proceeded to get all kinds of autographs. Ross and Hendricks, Hughes and Casper and Coomer, Rizzo and Russell. Greatest father-son trip ever. Wow gets better and better. It's like you start low, you know, and then you build your way up. You know, don't um, say start low as you and Gonzo. That's that's, that's top true. shelf. That's, that's true. Yeah. Gonzo. Anyway, he's deluxe. But yeah, Gonzo was the one that introduced me to the Montgomery Inn at, at the yep. boathouse in Cincinnati. A great like if you need a recommendation, Chicagoans who go to Cincinnati and you do go to Cincinnati for Cubs games, go to Montgomery Inn. And it, it like Gonzo. Like, he loads up on, like, he buys, because they make their own sauce. He, he loads up on it, buys the sauce, and he, he swore by it, and we went there. and he I'll be damned if he wasn't right about Montgomery Inn. Really good barbecue in Cincinnati. Oh, it's barbecue sauce. Okay, I wasn't sure what kind yeah. of food we oh, were yeah. talking. It could have yeah, been, yeah, sorry. Sorry, could have been Italian. And, yeah, yes. Okay. No, no, you're right. It, it, Montgomery Inn barbecue is, is what it is. Right, so great rib, it, but it's all, as with... Many barbecue joints, what distinguishes it or what can distinguish it is the taste or originality of the actual sauce. Yes. And it is, I can tell you, it is excellent at Montgomery Inn. So there you go. You're welcome. 
Or is the is the wreck uh, ribs? Is it brisket? Is it it pulled pork? What is it? All of it. What's, but what's uh, you like what's the what's the best? The ribs like the are the best. Fat podcast. Yeah, no, but the it's the ribs are to me that was the the most deluxe part of it. I think, and I think that I have to get gone. I'd have to ask Gonzo what his go-to order was because I don't remember. But I always just got the and it was always lunch that we were doing because you know we had a game to cover at Ooh. night. So there's there's really nothing worse than getting bloated at lunch and then still having your whole day and night to go. So that, that was usually usually what went down. And we did not have the benefit of many day games unless it was a Sunday, but that would be a getaway day. So Yeah, I, I always love the idea of a, a food coma nap. I and, and being denied that is it seems counterproductive otherwise to to do what you guys were trying to do or or even trying not to do but you did it anyways and overdoing it i'm but i respect you guys for that what, yeah it's hard to get a, it's hard to get a salad when you go to a barbecue joint and yeah. try to monitor oneself you know i mean you're gonna go dive in and get the extra sauce on the side and then walk out of there with a couple bottles of sauce the remember the meet meet on spears place we went to when we went to um when we went out to dinner Meet on yes, Spears it was. Place. Was it Fogo to Child that we went to? Yeah, I can't even remember. Fogo, was it Fogo okay. to Show, and we went there, and we were there bringing Spears and meat. Well, that's usually the place that um, Brandon chooses to have his birthday dinner, and his bride Emily, sweet Emily, always has a salad and goes to the salad bar. I just, son, I do not know how you could marry this woman. I, I, we're at a meat place. It's meat on Spears, and she's eating the lawn it's just not wrong it's not the way it should be <laughs> no i do remember that when you and i went there and this was like 2018 i want to say and i actually suggested too that we start because it like those places do have incredible salad bars and it's by design so you don't eat all the meat you know like they don't want you to eat all your meat so they it it's, they are better than the it's not just lawn but i do remember going there with you and i said should we get sad before i could even get it on you're like no let's 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 get let's turn let's put let's put these chips on green and uh-huh. let's roll the cart let's get the meat coming and uh, you were right that was a good philosophy you had i i don't want anything taking up space when there's lamb chops available that's just no you're right gonna go you're right so uh, we celebrated America's Independence Day yesterday, 245th anniversary of the independence signing of the Declaration of Independence. So in 17, in 1976, the bicentennial, there was much made of it. And in rock music, according to Ultimate Classic Rock, a website, they had listed to the, the acts. This was really stunning what the country did musically to celebrate and especially when now we're just getting used to covid is now allow where we it's diminishing we're allowed to come out and go to the places ball games but it, but concerts things like that so elvis presley performed in tulsa oklahoma which seems okay that's elvis mm-hmm. for you Okay. He was performing his hits, you know, Hound Dogs, Yellowhouse Rock. He did a cover of Olivia Newton-John's If You Love Me, Let Me Know. That's a song that fits Elvis. I mean, the lyric, if you, all you heard was the title. But the idea of Elvis covering an Olivia Newton-John song, that just, does that strike you as weird? 
No more weird than one of the guys we talked about earlier, Johnny Cash covering Nine Inch Nails. I'm, ne- I'm never blown away by <laughs> what artists cover anymore because it seems like they're all there's always some irony involved. There, wow, that band is covering that song. Like, I, it doesn't. It is surprising, yes, but it does. It's not as surprising as it once was because many artists seem to go outside of their lane these days. Yeah. So in uh, 17 in 1976. The Bicentennial, Elton John appeared in concert in Foxborough, Massachusetts. He donned a bedazzled Lady Liberty outfit, ripped off his crown, then his robe, and he revealed a blue t-shirt, red, white, and blue satin basketball shorts in an American flag motif. And you've seen pictures of this. this. The name of this tour was Louder than Concord, but not quite as pretty tour. That was the name of the tour. Yeah, the description you gave doesn't sound particularly pretty. I'm not sure how much no, it doesn't. So, and he's honest about it. All right, he's not lying to you. Good for uh, him. Uh, Bruce Springsteen and his East East Street band played a small impromptu club uh, show at the Stone Pony in Asbury Stone Park, Pony. New Jersey. That was the club that launched his career. I did not know that. The Stone Pony. Neither did I. Does Steve Just Stone know that. that? That's right. Yeah, Steve Stone. We uh, we discussed this earlier, the Tampa show. We discussed this earlier with Scott Merkin. Yes. A In, in Tampa, the Eagles headlined a bill that also included Fleetwood Mac, Loggins and Messina, and Dan Fogelberg. And Dan Fogelberg. this is... Dan Fogelberg, yeah, 1976. The Eagles had released their massively successful greatest hits album earlier in the year, 1976. And here we are in 2021, and they're still playing. Some version of them are still playing, but they did the, okay. When hell freezes over, my friend, when hell freezes over. Yeah, that's right, and that was the name of the tour. So... Rockford, the Rockford Speedway held a rock show and head east, Rick Derringer, Mahogany Rush, Ted Nugent, and Foghat played it in the Rockford Speedway. Sweet. Would you have gone gone for that? Give me the man. So who is it again? It was. It was supposed to. Jeff Beck was on the bill, but he didn't play. He played somewhere else. So head east. It's a group I'd never heard of. Rick Derringer, yeah, not, not I heard of him. Uh-huh. Mahogany Rush, Frank Marino, I heard of him. Ted Nugent, I certainly heard of him. Cat Scratch Fever and Fog Hat. I mean, I'd go, but I wouldn't go out of my way to. If somebody was like, hey, Mark, I got an extra ticket. You want to go to this concert? Then I would go. But, but you'd have to go to Rockford. Something. Would you go to Rockford? Yeah, I'd have to go to Rockford, too. But that, I don't have a problem with Rockford. It, it, like, if there was a great show in Rockford, I'd go to Rockford. No problem at all. But no, that I, right, on the surface, Steve, no. What about you? Would you? No. No. I might go to this. No. I might go to Memphis, Tennessee. ZZ Top was headlining a bill that included Leonard Skinnerd, Blue, mm-hmm. Oyster, Blue Oyster Cult, okay. The Outlaws, and Point Blank. And this was this was a special, notable ZZ Top tour. It was the Worldwide Texas Tour, which was huge. It included actual livestock on stage. 
<laughs> this was wow. Yes, um, that sounds horrible. There's a great <laughs> there's a great documentary about ZZ Top because they're they're such a iconic band and so you know seen it. so yeah. curious about it. So this was in this was on the Fourth of July in um, in 1976, the bicentennial. Billy Gibbons was talking about it. It was an elaborate tour, even for the time. It was extremely expensive. We weren't big enough to do that, and everybody told us, but we did it. So I, that's, there's livestock on stage. Yeah, I don't know about that. That's, uh, here's the show. Here's some cows. Yeah. And right. there's some sheep. I do like ZZ Top, though. I mean, I could even out like Eliminator. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I'm, I'm all for it. You play legs, you play sharp-dressed man, I'm all for it. Yeah. So, uh, 50 years ago Saturday, we did the show Saturday, we did not mention this, Jim Morrison died. 50th anniversary of Jim Morrison. Wow. Okay. That's your guy. That's your Pamela. man. Yeah, that was the Doors. I don't, I just love them. I love their music. I'm sorry he went and did that. And then I remembered, years later, I wrote for a syndicated, I wrote a syndicated show, radio show, based on pop music. And we interviewed Ray Manzarek, and he was saying, he was spreading the idea of, Maybe Jim faked his death. Maybe he's a he could do that, you know. And I go, oh my God, this this is too big for me. I don't want to deal with this. But that was that. Here's something. And what are you doing, Wagner? In 19, this is as Chris Kamka as it gets, the Sultan of the Stat, at NBC Sports Chicago. Yeah. And this was as of yesterday. In 1953, Sam Mealy of the White Sox hit his fourth home run of the season in the fourth inning while batting fourth in the order on the 4th of July. Mm. Did you get all that? Yeah. Did you get all that? Okay. It definitely... The, uh, Montreal, the Montreal Canadian season could end tonight. You know who the biggest Canadian fan is? Perhaps J.J. Mm. Watt. Really? J.J. Watt was that going back to when they, when the Canadian, Le Canadien were playing the Maple Leaf of Toronto, the uh, Canadians needed help. And J.J. Watt tweeted out, looks like we could use a little more Cole Caulfield. Cole Caulfield had won the Hobie Baker Award as the best, you know, the Heisman of hockey, college hockey. And he did it for Wisconsin. So they've got, you know, they're Badgers, ah. their fellow Badgers. But there's J.J. Watt tweeting, the Canadians' Leafs game could use some Cole Caulfield. And Cole Caulfield's brother sees it during the game and goes, do you know what, I, I mean, this is the guy they idolized, Cole Caulfield of the Canadians, and and his brother idolized J.J. Watt, and there's J.J. Watt saying, play him, get him out there. It, it was terrific. Man, that's connected so, dots right there, Stevie. So yeah, sorry. and and the, so, Caulfield drew into the lineup in Game 3 and scored. He got his first playoff point, assisted on the Canadiens' Game 5 overtime winner, and J.J. Watt took to his keyboard again and tweeted out, you're welcome at Canadiens MTL. So he's taking credit for all this. <laughs> I think that's great. I just love that. that. There's, there's somebody they idolized. It was just a wonderful thing. So William Shatner, you've heard of him, right? I have. He is um, Captain Kirk. Yeah. He was asked by a 
Twitter follower, out of everybody you've worked with, who surprised you the most and why? And William Shatner's answer was, me, because I put up with all those people. Wow. Yeah. Hello. That's like the old Saturday Night Live skit. Remember that? Where there's a Star Trek convention, and he's up there. He's hosting Saturday Night Live, and it's a Star Trek convention, and all these, like, dorks wearing their their Spock ears, and they've got, you know, all the, the Star Trek outfits, and he basically gets up there and goes, you people need to get a life. You guys are crazy. And then he, once they realizes that everybody has lost their minds, is oh that was uh, e- that was evil, evil Captain Kirk from episode from season seven, episode five. I did not see that. I do not oh. remember that. Okay, check it out. Right. Okay. Sorry, this is your segment. So no, 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 it's not. It's just it's our segment. It's just bringing a variety of things like this. Oh, um, it's ours. Mississippi, Mississippi State. Won the College World Series, beat Vanderbilt. But not before Preston Johnson gave up a home run and had himself a moment. I don't know, some player on Vanderbilt hit a home run, and it was clearly it was a home run. And the Mississippi State pitcher, Preston Johnson, the camera caught him waving goodbye to the ball. <laughs> it's on its arc, and as the batter is has... Um, Left the batter's box. You can see Preston Johnson just waving goodbye to, <laughs> to the ball. This is a pitcher. I love. I don't think this that's will catch awesome. on, but I think it's great that that's what that's, that's great. what happened. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. That's it. Okay. We. I got uh, a quick recommendation since uh, I alluded to this earlier, but since we we've talked a decent amount of music today, and. I started to talk about this, but just a quick, because we all need a recommendation. There's so many shows, you need to narrow it down a little bit. If you're a music fan, This Is Pop on Netflix is really good. It talks about, it has like a bunch of parts, like the Boys to Men effect, uh, When Country Goes Pop, Brit Pop. Like, you'll learn stuff. Like, I feel like I know a lot about music and stuff, but like you, and they're all like very easy, like 30 to 40 minute episodes so just from me to you if you need a little something something a little music break this is pop on netflix and is it a it is, is it a episodic yeah yeah they're, they're documentary style for the most part but they're just like little um stories from music like think like i didn't realize like during the 90s like of course i know bands like oasis and and blur but, but there was this whole like answer to grunge because grunge ru- ruled the the music world in the 90s and some of those artists realized they couldn't compete with it they tried to but then that's when like in the mid 90s that's when bands like Oasis and Blur were born and there was this whole like counter going on to to what was and it was very contrived and very made up by the media um and then some of the you know the this Oasis versus Blur competition that was going on. It was, it's just, it's amazing. Cause I, I, well, pretty like, I, I know Oasis and, and Blur, but I didn't know what was actually going on. So it's a deep dive into it. And then just about, like I mentioned, Boys to Men, how Boys to Men really was the first boy band. I mean, like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC seemed to hog the headlines and that's who people think of. But it gives like, 
credence to boys to men and then there's a whole thing on auto-tune like what t-pain used to use and Mm -hmm. how auto-tune like is considered a bad thing and then but you see how it was used for good in some way so it's just like it's things you didn't stories within the story you know and like i said when country goes pop when it's the old school willie nelson and Waylon jennings and then all of a sudden you have shania twain changing the way things are done and how that all went over and how it existed and little interviews and vignettes that go with it. So it's, it's really good. It's really good. I will look forward to that. I like Please the, do. His, the history of handing down the, how, how things change. We were discussing country music earlier. We never did hear from get confirmation on David Hehaw or not David. No, Hee-haw. we did not. He is but enjoying we, his day off as he should be. Right, and we we were discussing country music. They have words, other songs, other genres have lyrics, and there's a difference when you when you talk about what country music used to be. And you've got some, yeah. you got a, somebody agreeing with you. The idea of um, Johnny Cash, three one two. I love the Johnny Cash cover of Nine Inch Nails song. It is awesome. Oh, yeah, no, he covered Hurt, and he did, and it was, I think he died, like, a year after that, and just the the way Cash, like, sang that song was just so soulful, and, it, like, and the it's not like it was, it's so different from the Nine Inch Nails version, and it, uh, like, and the Nine Inch Nails version is great, too, but it was just, it's amazing that Cash was able, he was talked into it, to doing it, and... It turned out well, and he did a whole bunch of rock covers, but that was the that's the one that stands out. And Gridiron Assassin uh, text to let me know that I have my that I suck. My uh, ZZ Top timeline as songs I would have wanted to hear were in the '80s, not in 1976 when that concert was played. But I'm sure I wouldn't have noticed anyways because it's it's loud and and it's well, ZZ I let that Top go. and there's and there's then there's there's livestock. Live livestock on <laughs> stage. I remember seeing that in the dock, and I go, "Oh my god, it's all right." So I had to. I'd still want to hear the songs. Maybe I could time travel. Yeah, and for the two two four, that sounds horrible, Grody. I, and I actually can see where you would think, because I'm naming these like artists, like Shania Twain and oasis and things like that that on the surface it doesn't sound great but it's actually it's fascinating and for me it was educational so whatever 224 there's a a15 yes you you know you did not miss it no i luke i am your father is not on the afi list i don't Mm. know how if that will rock gary grody's world but it's not on there um 206 texter the Tech Zone, by the way, is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. Um, Mark, somebody is concerned about your self-esteem. As I related the Chris Bogosian story about seeing you and Gonzo having lunch, and you you and Gonzo were nice to uh, Bogues and his, his then eight-year-old son, I don't see why Grody should be held in lower regard than Bryant or whomever. They all have the same number of World Series rings. <laughs> That's a good, hey, I'll good always point. have that. That yeah, is, that is true. Chris Bryant's right, right, right. I'll get in trouble if I did yeah. that. Yeah. All right. So we've discussed World Series rings. 
I think we need to close with wedding rings. If I, I'm not sure the trash panda is paying attention now since we've run through every stoplight and he has a break, break, break. We haven't heard that. So maybe he's paying attention, maybe not. But I think this mass trash panda wedding, officiated wedding, this we have to we have to make this happen somehow. It's a work in progress and we have to figure it out. So we'll go from World Series wing, rings to wedding rings. Mm, good. Of course, this is holiday suckage. What else would we do? Chicago Sports Radio, 670, The Score. Trash Panda, where would you get a Trash Panda costume to perform these this mass wedding ceremony at a, one of our local baseball stadiums? That's a good question. I, I guess Amazon, maybe? Or, there, or a costume store, maybe they have one somewhere? I, I don't you, know. I've never had to look for such a costume. You think Shooter? You think your dad could kill enough that you could just have mom skin it and stitch them together and make you one? Maybe. If he goes, if he gets enough of them, yeah, maybe. Maybe. That's a good idea, actually. I mean, you know, he doesn't, like, actively go out looking for them. But maybe if I commissioned him, like, hey, Dad, I need, I need some raccoon pelts. So you go help me out, bro. How did you pronounce it? Pronounce what? The name of the varmint. Raccoon? <laughs> what? I did you think he said raccoon? Uh-huh. I thought that's what he had said the first time we started discussing trash pandas. That's when we found out what trash pandas were, which is how he got his nickname. And now he's oh, performing okay. weddings. He's a licensed or he's an ordained minister from the Universal it's Life Church. My instinct, and he performed a wedding Saturday. Yes, I did. But I, I my instinct is actually just to say coon. I like that's how you know it's really country because like I actually have to stop myself from saying that every single time because I know people are going to laugh at me for pronouncing it that way. Raccoon or raccoon? Coon. Just coon. Just okay. All right. Well, anyways, we want to do this. We think it's a good, really good side hustle, but we have to figure out how we could pull this off and that Gene and Gary Grody, for instance, could renew their vows and Sweet Alice and Shooter could renew their vows and then young couples could be married in just this mass trash panda wedding officiated wedding Well, I ceremony. mean, you don't need a, for the renewing vows thing, like you don't need a, an officiant to do that. I mean, that's just. But, but like, you want that. We want that. We want to be, we want to include everybody. We, want, we don't want to be exclusive. We want to be inclusive. Expand and your empire. That, yeah. Right. We're trying to drum up some business for your side hustle. Okay. And with that, by the I, way. I appreciate it. I'm just saying, like, if you're, you don't need a, an officiant. I mean, a lot of people obviously choose to use a reverend or whatever, but, like, you don't actually need one because you're renewing a vows is, like, is not a legal procedure, unlike actually right. marrying someone. But that's why we want to make sure we cover everybody. We can have a, a renegade woodland creature performing this ceremony. And Maybe you plate. could perform divorces at some point in time. <laughs> I did see. I, I think I could thing. do baptisms. I don't know. I don't know about divorces. I don't know what the deal with that is. <laughs> and the baptism. Well, basically, the, go down the, to Lake Michigan. Do one right now, if you want. Performing wedding ceremonies are performing wedding. A wedding ceremony is the start to divorce. So I think you're. you're got <laughs> this is the first, the first day of the, first the rest step. of your yeah. divorce. <laughs> yeah, first step right. It's a lifelong business for you. And number 13 uh, on the AFI list, uh, 100 lot great movie lines in 100 years, love means never having to say you're sorry. So we're going to say thank fun? you, everybody, for listening. 
Thank you for surviving this suckathon on the score. If nobody important listened, we'll be back next Saturday with Saturday Suckage on a Saturday. Coming up next, Rami Makhlouf from noon to 3, Big Ann Heron 3 to 6.30, and Cubs baseball as they try not to suck. Steve Rosen with Mark Grody. Thanks for listening. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Oh, yes. Wait Wait a minute, minute, Mr. Post. Wait, wait. Wait. Oh, yeah. That's it. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.